we have a program now called Heal the Healers. And this is because the doctor, even though they are thinking of cure and helping, but they see the suffering and the patients and all of that. And somewhat we get that on ourselves as stress. And many doctors have during this pandemic have been experiencing high level of anxiety, sleep deprivation, insomnia, even depression, and many unfortunate things happened like that. You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness, and physiology right now. In part two of this lecture, Dr. Nader meets with a group of medical students and early career health professionals as a part of an integrative medicine scholars program to answer questions on topics relating to consciousness, mind and body, stress, and its relevance in the future of healthcare. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Dr. Nader. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be connected with doctors-to-be and many doctors also, I guess. Absolutely. So I hear that the goal, the way that this can be useful for physicians or other healthcare professionals is that in understanding, experiencing, and growing within consciousness, and maybe we'll see what that actually means, that that will allow one to spontaneously and naturally kind of get rid of stress. It all comes down to stress in some way, shape, or and, form. And find solutions, you know, yeah. find creative solutions. So, yeah. you know, if let's take an example, some simple example, maybe somebody wants to invest in the stock market, but they're not knowing anything about it. So knowledge is limited. And they kind of just put money there and buy some stock and then the stock goes up and they, you know, they sell it and then they don't know that it was going to go much higher or they sell it when it's going down because they are afraid. They don't know what's happening. It just like becomes a kind of a casino style playing, you know, rather than an actual intelligent knowledge based uh, investment. So if you know more about the companies that you are investing in, if you know more about the future, if you know more about what is planned, about the management, about the competition, about the demand in the market, and you analyze this from a perspective of somebody who is really investing in value rather than just uh, playing a game, then you are much more able to target your investment and get a better result from it. So this applies to everything in life. You know, if you have a patient and you want to treat the patient and you don't have, you're not rested, you're yourself tired, you will not remember all the possibilities that are there, all the options, all the values that are involved, the variables that influence the disease, the possible differential diagnosis, which means the different options of possibilities that can be there. 
because you are tired. You might have even learned those, but they don't come to memory. They don't come to your awareness. And that is what we call limited awareness. That what we call knowledge that is limited, that is not complete. And so this kind of situation where you are tired for some reason, you might make mistakes. You might not perform in the best possible way. If you are rested and clear, things come to mind. You find solutions. You see things from a broad comprehension. You have the strength and energy to check, to verify, to like that. And that has a deep implication on how you practice medicine or how you invest in the stock market. So all of this is actually, we are correlating this with a state of consciousness state of consciousness that is restful, state of consciousness that is tired, that is limited, or state of consciousness that is broad. A broad state of consciousness is a state that can actually take into consideration more factors, more variables in a situation, and therefore can compute more and can address the need in a much more complete way and much more purposeful way. So this is just to, to have a feeling of what it means, because it's a real thing. If you broaden your awareness, more you grow in consciousness, more even spontaneously you are able to make the right decision. Spontaneously means the nervous system is interconnected and is producing a better result. And we know this physiologically, which means we have studied the changes in the brain function, for example. People who practice transcendental meditation, we have seen there is more integration in their brain activity and greater coherence between the front and the back, the right and the left and different parts of the brain, which shows that there is greater connectedness and the brain is talking to itself in a more complete way. Whereas when we have people with lower consciousness, and even altered states of consciousness or states of consciousness that happen due to injury or something, you will see that there is no interconnectedness, that the part of the brain that actually are awakened usually are there lively, they're not, and they are much less than other states. So in people who practice techniques of development of consciousness, such as, and mainly this is what we are expert in transcendental meditation, we see greater coherence. And as a result, we have associated better reflexes, better resistance to stress, uh, more resilience, more creativity. And these are things that have been correlated with increased blood flow also to the different parts of the brain, particularly the frontal part, which is the executive function, where we have anticipation of the future, planning and uh, creativity. And we see it that it's a physical thing. You know, it's like having a computer with many processors but you are not using all of them. And so the speed of processing, the speed of analyzing from different perspectives is limited. So consciousness is not just a philosophically interesting and abstract aspect, but it really translates in something very real in terms of physiological functioning and brain activity and 
broad comprehension and the you know field independence so that even when we are focusing on something we maintain awareness of different options that can happen so it's a very real physiological mental behavioral thing awesome so you brought it up and i'm very aware of transcendental meditation for me it was changed my life and someone asked a question so i just want to jump in there because it kind of relates to what i i think is there any other way to know consciousness without understanding the structure of thinking well to know consciousness we know it we are conscious now and it's not something that is an object to be known it's it's us it's we are consciousness we experience it we we know that we pass through different states of consciousness you know we're tired we're drowsy we can be alert we can fall asleep then we are don't have it then we can have illusionary consciousness and dream state of consciousness and so there are these states of consciousness there is as we mentioned some altered states and some you know difficult states disease states but there are also higher states of consciousness and higher states of consciousness is when the whole nervous system is awakened the interactions and the reserves of the brain are being used and this happens through transcendental meditation which is a simple technique that you practice sitting comfortably in a chair you close the eyes and you learn a technique mental technique that allows the mind to settle down so the mind is like an ocean active on its surface and more and more quiet in its depths and as we dive deeper it gets more quiet but we maintain awareness we maintain consciousness usually when the mind settles down we fall asleep and that gives us very good rest in this case the mind settles down but remains awake and there is a technique for that this is called transcendental meditation and as the mind settles and settles and settles it actually transcends which means goes beyond the specific aspects of consciousness and that's what you are asking about uh, david yeah. it's like not how do we know just consciousness but you meant how do we know pure consciousness how do we know that primordial consciousness that we're talking about that is there actually yes we can experience that primordial unbounded consciousness by transcending transcending goes means going beyond going beyond the surface level of thought to the source of thought which is the source of creativity which we called as the unified field and that is something we can actually literally know and directly experience so when we experience that we experience a new state of consciousness it's not sleep it's not dream it's not waking it's a new state characterized mentally by alertness wakefulness but at the same time very very profound and deep rest and physiologically by very rested body and a great coherence in the nervous system a decrease in cortisol which is the stress hormone increased resistance in the skin which indicates less anxiety less tension less stress the metabolism reduces which means there is calmness breathing rate reduces oxygen consumption reduces so all of these hundreds of scientific research studies have shown the benefits and the effects so 
This is how it was described as a fourth major state of consciousness, which is called hypometabolic alert state, wakeful state which is not what we have in sleep when we do have hypometabolism, which means reduced metabolic activity, but at the same time, we are not wakeful. We are not awake. In dream, we are not awake. We have illusionary awareness and there can be quite a bit of actually metabolism and activity. Heart rate can increase, blood pressure can increase depending on the dream state with rapid eye movement. And here we have in waking state, high metabolism because it's active at the same time, alert or awake. And here in contrast to all these other three states, we have a new state of awareness, restful alertness, which means we are extremely rested, like sleep and deeper, but very alert at the same time. And that's why it has been described as a fourth major state of consciousness compared to sleep, dream, and waking. And this has very powerful benefits in removing tension and stresses because stresses are removed when the body is rested. And this quality of rest is different than the quality of rest during sleep because it has alertness at the same time. So deep-rooted stresses have been shown to be uh, removed. And then naturally, the person finds more fulfillment, more happiness, more integration in their life. They make better decisions. They are in touch with themselves, their true selves, with their physiology, and therefore make spontaneously the right choices, you know, including about food and diet and habits and better behavior, better relations with others, which comes simply from just tuning back this physiology, which has so much possibility and using all of these uh, hidden potential that is not used, the reserves that we have in our nervous system. Excellent. This was a question that I've had in the past, and, and I think it's good to consider. The word yoga gets thrown around a lot, you know, and it's not really what the popular mainstream has become. Um, and in the same way, I feel like the word meditation is just kind of this universal, expansive word that doesn't necessarily represent any particular thing. Many people think of mindfulness and even mindfulness. If you ask anybody, it's going to be a different answer every time. So can you maybe give some clue into how these differentiate? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, just uh, it's a nice thing to said because... Somebody can say it's white powder and you say, what is it? Is it salt? Is it sugar? Is it uh, flour? Is it uh, milk? Is it uh, cocaine? Maybe? <laughs> or what is it? <laughs> so white, white powder can be many things. So there is this term meditation now, which means practice of something with the mind, obviously not the body. There is, of course, yoga, which also is, has many, many layers there is yoga of the mind There is now is mostly understood as physical technique of asanas, of practice of postures, which is also great. And so there are different techniques. There is concentration technique. If we want to put them in categories, generally it used to be concentration techniques. You know, people would take a candle with a flame and you look at the flame and if your mind goes away you bring it back and you train the mind to focus and like that 
uh, but it's a strain and it doesn't produce much results really so this kind of mental technique has been given away is no more the one that is most prominent so then you have open monitoring which is generally what people call mindfulness which means you let the mind focus on something you're breathing you take it to something like that but you are easy about it so if the mind goes away you don't mind you bring it back to the breathing so it's a kind of concentration but a little bit more relaxed and not trying to force the mind but it's still manipulating the mind in one direction or the other it can also produce effects you know there are research studies on mindfulness this kind of mindfulness and other techniques of having like open feelings not being associated with any fear or anger just look at it as if it's something you're observing from a distance and you know there are also techniques of taking a word or a sound that has a meaning which means for example a proverb uh, think about compassion what is compassion for you and feel compassion try to bring those feelings so all of these are different styles of open monitoring and mindfulness transcendental meditation is different because you don't control the mind you don't try to force the mind in any way you don't manipulate the mind you use a we call it a mantra a sound which has no meaning and you learn how to use it which is a vehicle that allows the mind to settle down without being directed on a specific aspect such as a meaning or something like that that's why we use these these words these sounds that have no meaning and they are adapted to the individual situation and you practice it in a way that is taught in a specific way you can even now we have a personal instruction which is always needed but the follow up can be done with an app so we have an app that we have produced for follow up so the personal instruction is with a teacher who gives you the technique and tells you how to do it and follows you up also but the main follow up is with the app that is on your iphone or your whatever kind of phone android yeah <laughs> android yeah, that you have so you can do that and then you have a follow up and that's how you get the results and so this technique is transcending is self transcending in a natural way so it doesn't involve concentration it doesn't involve contemplation it doesn't involve philosophy or belief in anything or trying to have a mood of something it's very very simple and natural and it follows what we say the nature of the mind the nature of the mind is to search always for more relief for more happiness for growth you always want more love more joy more beautiful things to see and to experience but we usually project ourselves through our senses to the outside in our search for more in transcendental meditation we take the inward direction and the mind guided by its nature dives towards the inner because the inner is the most fulfilling as we said it's the unified field it's the source of everything and therefore naturally it is attractive only we need to be able to dive to it 
and the technique is needed so that when we dive, we don't fall asleep or, you know, we stay alert and awake, but in a non-directed way. And that's how the technique allows us to go towards the self, guided by our own nature, by our own nature of our mind. So this is why there is no effort. It's very easy to practice. And the results, as we said, have been published in peer-reviewed journals from every perspective. Just about 650 plus uh, yeah. peer-reviewed journals <laughs> with tens of millions towards it. So I see there's uh, quite a few questions, some of them a bit long, and I read through one of them, basically describing all the ways that a medical student could be over, <laughs> overstressed, sleep deprivation, all these things. Uh, but the, the question comes to, and I believe you've touched on this, but maybe to just round out the point. And I will admit that these concepts are new, had been new to me and maybe new to many of these people. I don't think they're necessarily new in the time perspective, but that can also be a little bit challenging. So I will, I do want people to know that his book is amazing. One Unbounded Ocean of Consciousness. You can get it on Amazon Kindle. And I'll tell you about this towards the end. There's also a, a series coming up actually starting next week consciousness, a new paradigm. So I'm sure you can imagine that that will be able to greatly expand on these topics. But for now, could you address that with regards to like stress and all these things? And then how does the studies of the effect of consciousness? Yes, um, it's a very, it's a very practical thing. You know, it's, yeah. we have now a whole program because you asked about medical students. We have and medical professionals, nurses, also doctors, hospital staff. We have a program now called Heal the Healers. And this is because of this exact same situation that you're describing that doctors, you know, have to do. And I remember myself what it means to, you know, do the overnight emergency room and then, you know, wash yourself and then start a day in continuity, I don't know why they still do these things, but whatever, <laughs> it, it gets the doctors to get, you know, habituated or maybe to be awakened at night and be resilient. Awakened. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so particularly with the pandemic, because no matter what the doctor, even though they are thinking of cure and helping, but they see the suffering and the patients and all of that. And somewhat we get that on ourselves as stress. And many doctors have, during this pandemic, have been experiencing high level of anxiety, sleep deprivation, insomnia, even depression, and many unfortunate things happened like that. And so we offered this program of simple technique that you practice 20 minutes morning and evening and you don't really need to know anything about the logic of it or the philosophy of consciousness and what consciousness is or any of that is just for completing the thought for uh, you know showing the main discussion about consciousness the main program is very very simple and very easy to practice even children and even illiterate people uh, in the mountains sometimes we had people who are farmers who've never been to school or anything, uh, they can learn it and they don't need to understand the philosophy or, or the logic behind it and why it works. 
we often use the example, you know, if you, you don't have to know electromagnetism and how electricity works to get the light, all you need to do is flip the switch. And in this case, it is really like that. It's a very simple, innocent technique. And we started it in hospitals, you know, Duke University, Harvard Universities, in Boston area, in Miami, we have many hospitals. And this Heal the Healers program, we're doing research on it. And the results are amazing in how much doctors and nurses and staff feel the benefits in reduction of anxiety and very well controlled studies that have shown that reduction in depression, better sleep, elimination of insomnia, feeling better about oneself, more optimistic, more fulfilled. So it's really, for me personally, it has been a savior. You know, I grew up in a, I studied medicine. Uh, I was in Lebanon and the American University of Beirut. And it was during the civil war. And I've seen things you cannot imagine you know, one after the other with people coming and bombs falling and you can't sleep and you, you don't know what to manage with emergency rooms full. You know, nowadays we have similar things in, in a pandemic like that. Doctors are watching, are seeing these things. I've seen it even from a more dramatic uh, level, but can't say more dramatic uh, because suffering is suffering no matter how it comes. And uh, this is how I got interested in it more and more because I felt we are doing things from the chemical side, from the procedures and surgery, which is necessary sometimes and many times, and it's very good. But why can't we some do something from the level of the mind, which is more holistic mm -hmm. and more balancing? And so I, you know, it helped me study, it helped me to be resilient and to continue and you know, come to the US and study in these universities in Boston. And so that's why I am passionate about it because besides the scientific research, because anecdotes are anecdotes, you know, people can say individual examples are not necessarily universal, but they are significant. And particularly when they are repeated under control conditions, and you do research on it and you find that it actually works. It really works and works compared to placebo, works to compared to other techniques. And it's there, it's been there. It's you know one aspect of yoga, in fact, it's the yoga of the mind, which brings more unity and clarity. And it comes from a very ancient tradition that has proven itself through the test of time, thousands of years, but now is being restudied and re-looked at from a modern perspective. So again, it's nice to talk about consciousness, but you know, the practice of it, the experience of it, of pure consciousness within ourselves, is what gives the results rather than just intellectually discussing it. Excellent, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.